All right, everybody, uh, real quick, top of the episode, just want to give you a heads up, there is a Game of Thrones spoiler around nine minutes, I think it lasts a couple minutes, I'm not giving you exact, because, come on, spoilers, Game of Thrones, it's been enough time, get with it, but, also, this episode is brought to you by Monrovia, Indiana, the movie, it's joy work, but you can joy work it after. This is a two-parter episode. Maybe listen to Ep 1, Hit Monrovia, Indiana, available for streaming, available on probably your PBS uh, website uh, just to watch for free. Um, there can't be any spoilers because it doesn't have any elements of a movie. You can only have spoilers, I would imagine, if there's narrative, plot, climax, uh, introduction. <laughs> Nothing there. That's not a dig. This is a joy work. Hanyun agrees. Um, was there anything else that reason I introduced it? Uh, not really, but it is a two-parter. So enjoy. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it in two parts. Bible said fart. I forget if that's part one or two, but that's coming up as well. Raindrops keep falling on my car. Just as I introduce the pod and it's so far going very well. Hey, Meg, take over, sing your song, cause I'm dying. Got nothing left. Nothing's the, in the chin of my cleft. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I am Casey, and with me, as always, is Hans Henning. Hiya. I feel like I should. I should have said something. Not at why. When you toss it up, you, no one wants to step on anyone's toes. Like I would do the same as well. Like I'm not. This gonna podcast is all toes. As I it's just all interrupted and you, they're saying all it. stepped on. This podcast is all toes and no feet. One of us. One of us. And it's like a busted ass, yellow, thick, thick nailed toe. It's not even like a nice toe. Oh, yeah. We're all toes, but those toes are all nail. Or or longest toenails in the biz. I feel like that's like the slogan for like a hardcore softball team, like. All toe, no, but it'd be all toes, no nail. Because don't baseball players always lose their toenails for whatever reason? Am I, is that a myth? <laughs> Urban myth? <laughs> I love I, I love you putting uh, toenail myths on people. Those softball players and their non-nailed toes. Gross. Why would they? Maybe you're thinking of ballerinas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I prob- wish that it was just... Oh, shit, was... Black Swan wasn't about softball the whole time? <laughs> the, the black curve. <laughs> Just hot bunt that. Oh, yeah. Nothing yeah, but hot bunting bunt. that. Mila Kunis <laughs> can do a you hot go bunt. See, uh, you want to go see Black Swan or Hot Bunt, babe? <laughs> hot bunts about the hot 1992 bunt. Phillies. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's, like a, that's like a romp, a summer romp. That uh, yeah, starring John Hamm and Justin Timberlake. Do you? Uh, there was actually yeah. I heard Sat a, in St. Louis. Yeah, I already getting off. Uh, I heard a really interesting um, segment about how pitchers unbelievably are pitching faster and faster in the major leagues, and it's actually making the game <laughs> unbelievably more boring. More boring because yeah. now they're pitching a hundred two mi- and two miles an hour on the regular, not closers. Yeah, and that's eliminating the um, no, no one sacrifice. can hit it anymore. No, they if they mm. everybody there's only fast pitchers and hard hitters, so the game is all mm. fastball, home run, or fastball right. strikeout. There's no bunts. Either there's it's, no flat. It's over the fence or. It's a strikeout. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's it's what's a, like all weird, like Nintendo verse baseball. 
It's the 97 like, I Marlins. I don't know if the documentary is Doesn't still matter. on Netflix. Well, there I'll was a great... <laughs> on my game gear. It was called... See, here's how deep the reference is. Game that gear. is not even a reference. <laughs> Ooh, that, that ate through batteries, baby. <laughs> the, the Marlins, I think, won the World Series. It's a reference series. to a season you had on playing Super Nintendo. <laughs> Basically, the Marlins won the World Series, I believe, in 96. Therefore, for... Uh, yeah, MLB 1997 Game Gear. Their team was really good, and then you could bulk them by making trades. So I took the Marlins and added like Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas. So they were unbeatable. Yeah. So that's Super, my 1997 like a, a Marlins reference that zero people teams. could get. I didn't even get it because I don't know if it was 96, <laughs> 97. No, it's like. Uh, I think it was 97. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to commit to my answer because 1997, in my mind, it's a chunky, chunky, weird year. Sounds like Marlins. Miami Marlins. Like, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm so thinking that's Marlins. For me is, yeah, yeah. It's not like a sexy year. Like, nothing good happened in 1997. Mark McGrath? That's, yeah, he, that's where I think 97. Mark McGrath. He molested Marlins. that prostitute. Come on, not Mark. Who's Mark McGrath? <laughs> Sugar McGrath. Sugar Ray? Sugar Ray. Guy? Okay. Step back from that ledge, my friend. It was a good year for that guy, sure. And a good year <laughs> I mean, for Ken Griffey Jr. I guess on you my could look at it that way. On my game gear. Like everybody 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 has a ninety seven at some point. Yeah, I feel like ninety seven also had that song like You're gonna run right down in the mountain. You're gonna <laughs> jump right over a stream. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Sometimes, man, you never know what's I'm gonna, gonna strike. I'm gonna lay with you forever. Uh, oh, yeah. See, that lyric it's makes it makes too. me angry. Because ju- lay with you. Like, make it geographical and I'm in. <laughs> in a riverbed. Wait, that makes it morbid. I I'm, I'm messed it up. Can't lay with no, you but- forever in a riverbed. Sure to can. go back to the All baseball right. thing, there was a documentary, I think it was called Knuckleball. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it was about pitching and about how the the knuckleball pitch, which is like a for anyone who doesn't know baseball, you throw it and it has like a herky-jerky weird path. Like it doesn't fly straight. Like it's, it's kind of a gag pitch, which is mm-hmm. the whole premise of this documentary is that they're allison is is listening right now going okay casey get on with it yeah right no exactly so it's baseball has a a weird trajectory when allison likes baseball that was the reference oh i thought she oh all right i got you i didn't i guess i didn't she hates she hates me and loves baseball (laughs) so if i talk about baseball She's like, can you fucking not anybody but you? Anybody but you? Uh, no, it has a fucking herky-jerky path, and it's kind of a tricky-dicky pitch. It's very hard to do. These are technical like, terms you, from the doc. Like, of course. If you learn it, no, but that's the thing. Like, if you're good at it, everybody's like, fuck you, Hans. Fuck you, Hans. Yeah, of course oh, yeah. you're a fucking knuckleball pitcher. What else is you it? got? And you're like, I don't need anything else because right. it requires less stress on your arm. So yeah, if you were if you were a quote unquote knuckleball pitcher, you could pitch into your fucking fifties. They're knuckleball pitchers wear their cowboy boots to the mound. That's how casual yes. they are. <laughs> but that's the thing, like you said, like these guys, they can throw over a hundred. They can have like two or three good seasons yeah, exactly. and then they get injured and yeah. then they come yeah. back and then they lose. They're throwing like like high 80s, low 90s. That's still really fucking fast. That's still very hard to hit. But if you are paid but to the... pitch at like an insane amount, but that's the thing. The knuckleball guy can just go, whip, whip. he just throws this fucking crazy pitch and no one can hit it. The tricky dicky. Knuckle, the tricky dicky, ducky jerky. Uh, interesting fact: so, the knuckleball was created by Davos, hand of Stannis Baratheon. Oh, missing those. <laughs> he only had knuckles. 
Is that oh, Stan has cut his fingers off, and he's still supported him. That was a weird dynamic. I don't want to thrones it, but I kind of do. Like his devotion <laughs> yeah. to him, throw it was to the thrones. Ridiculous. I love that. I love Davos, but he was a little blinded. Like Stannis, and Stannis was, was a little brainwashed. Stannis should have been wearing stonewashed jeans. I mean, that's how bana- yeah. like that's how bland he was. Stannis Baratheon should have been at a Monrovian city planning meeting. <laughs> there we go. I will go. I'll tell you what uh, wasn't a summer run. That movie was my favorite. That character. Doc Hans. Sorry, sorry. We're, we're I, uh, Casey. Uh, were you on? Game I just of said like. I was even before like when we started wa- Ashley and I started watching it. I was like, "Oh my god, Davos Seaworth! He's my favorite character because he was in the books. He is, and he still is. And the show didn't deter that from me. Like he is the most like boring. Like I like I really like Superman and Captain America. So of course I like Davos Seaworth because he's like just the like." <laughs> Like you said, Hansi, like he, like the guy cut his fucking fingers off and he's like, well, I mean, that's what I I respect your decision, sir. Like he is the most like, like march down the middle of the street on the 4th of July type of dude. The most loyal guy. But then what is it really? Because who, let's see, Brienne killed uh, 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 Stannis and then, and then he joined and then Davos joined up with the North. Yeah, because he. So what is it besides the... loyalty? If he was loyal to Stannis, he would have killed her. He would. He would have gone on a assassins. He burnt, quest. But he's a pirate, though. He burnt his he scabby daughter to a crisp. He's a pirate. He has. He. You can't trust he's, his judgment. He's more practical than we think. Not. Not loyal to a fault. Can we? Yes. Real quick sociological side note on how come the first mm-hmm. person of color you saw on Game of Thrones was a pirate living under a cave. Salador San? Yeah. I'm just saying. He probably <laughs> was he probably was like, a don't color in the book or not defined by his color <laughs> in the book, but I was like it that that mo- that show was so uh, white and not diverse that mm-hmm. even I was like, yeah. what is this, season four? Oh my god, I forgot black people existed. Because I was watching it so much. <laughs> it's like, ah! Yeah. So. It, but I will say, I like, having read the books, other than it's they, non-inclusive. I will say, as I recall, the first person of non-Dothraki color oh, yeah, they Dothraki. mention is a guy again has to do with pirates they bring him on a ship and he blows a very powerful pirate horn that kills him so you're like oh my god it's like the first like african-american guy or first black guy in these books and he dies like in uh, immediately so it's just like any other fucking like shitty horror movie of course trope he's like they're like ah, yeah he, we, he helped us find this magic horn and uh it's gonna kill him and then that was it. It's over. I wish Salador San had come back at some point. That was interesting. I, now that we're talking about him, he was a real cool character, and he. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on. With him. Maybe he'll take. Um, he'll take. He could have taken Arya the place of Bronn. Ah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sh- showed that if that was what they're. All right. Yeah. In the in the sequel in the spinoff. They're heading to meet. Because it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yes. Probably. <laughs> the belk oh i can't wait until we get king belk the, the lordly king meepos. belk of meepos come on i'm man. telling you though casting wise bronson pinchot could have crushed one of the roles in game of thrones like a dornish it's, he would have been a great crazy king yeah he would have been and so would um so would uh paul rubens would have somewhere you integrate him like i'm not even saying as a joke like just as a character no, actor, no, his I, ability to be mm-hmm. um, flamboyant and strange as that world is, they would yeah. have been phenomenal. But no, you're you're hitting on something because they're both like they played over the top crazy weirdos. Like they have that snaky quality. Like oh, they yeah. could have played like a 
a li- they can play a little finger or a sure. like spider like because they have it because you can just be like oh he's weird look at that weird yeah i think unfortunately obviously something so central and integral they're just too recognizable at least to our demographic it was probably the ones watching many watching game of thrones but uh, they could dissipate i'm just mentioning paul rubens his fucking brand it's like (laughs) peewee herman his brand fuck it i would have been good that he's been a little kid forever (laughs) oh i'm climbing up the wall Whoa, what are you guys doing in here? What smells? Why do you think <laughs> I came? The fucking window. He's, he's in that teal chair. <laughs> Just trying to be that, like, steely gaze of Bran Stark. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking off in the distance. <laughs> I saw you fight fucking. <laughs> Just like fucking creep. You think old Bran Stark is, heading the, is, is on the same path as uh, Jar Jar? He's getting a lot of oh, tr- no. he's getting a lot of trolling, as, right? As Ahmed Best, yeah, as Ahmed Best. I don't think so. Like people like loathed Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, okay. And I feel like that actor, what's his name? Something Isaac Hempstead, right? Isaac Hempstead, right? Like, why do I know this? Do, it's good to do that young, because you're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm young. Like, fuck you. You don't like me. You're gonna be dead. And they'll no, still be alive. That, yeah. But look at Joffrey. Whereas, he was like, young and he said, ah, that's he it said, for me. It, no one will ever not see Joffrey. But I thought that was a shame until I researched it. And he's crushing it. He opened his own, because he's, the- like, he's a theater kid. He opened his own theater, mm-hmm. independent theater in Scotland. And he's tearing it up there. That's amazing. Doing only and Game of Thrones guys- parodies. And parallels. <laughs> exactly. They're only doing Game <laughs> <laughs> and then poor Jon Snow checked into like a rehab. Oh, rehab did he really? Kid Harrington? Yeah. So he's, yeah. Ha- he's sucking on the, the old stonish wine glasses? I well, <laughs> Ashley and I talked about it and it was like I think it was out. like we're we're talking about people like fucking bagging on Ahmed Best. Like can you imagine yeah, John like, Snow's more likely to get that treatment, I would say. Like, growing up, Bran. like, what was he, like, fucking early 20s when the show started? If that even? 18? Right. Like, everything about your life <coughs> is this show. Like, you you met your wife. He's married to the actress that played Ygritte. No, they broke up. Oh, well, whatever. Well, you met your wife then, I guess. I, mean, I could uh, be wrong. Like, I don't know e- why I was so e- certain of that. <laughs> oh, you were, good you were on top of that. Snatched, you fucking snap like a bear trap. It's like uh, Gilly. She is adorable uh, when oh, she's yeah. not doing a purposeful uh, underbite <laughs> and acting <laughs> yes. the doldered, the daughter. She is beautiful. <laughs> not that that matters, but it does. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, but the same with like Brienne of Tarth. Like it's like holy shit, like. If you if you play frumpy dumpy, like it's easy to play up frumpy dumpy, but it's like, oh yeah, like all of these people are yeah, are they're, they're very people. much the like beautiful they were cast. People. Yeah, even um, I'll, you know what? I'll say it because I was about to say it, but <laughs> Peter Dinklage is like a super handsome guy, so I don't know why I had to preface it with even. <laughs> That's why I feel bad about that. Obviously, like why wouldn't he be? Like, um, you know. Chiseled, he's got the you know he's got he's got, he's got his, his middle name face. is Strong Jaw, so but so I didn't mean to preface it like that for sure, but yep, sociological pivot. Uh, Henning, you watched it, Casey. I'm not sure if you got to it. New recommendation, perhaps not on Henning's end. <laughs> Documentary Monrovia, Indiana, hot off Monrovia into the I, cast. I, I watched the trailer. I haven't watched the whole thing. Is it on? Is it on Netflix? Uh, I watched it on PBS. Or do you have to search Henning it's on PBS. PBS? That's right. Can maybe find a link, right, to send for streaming. Well, you can if you've got a Roku box or something or a TiVo. You can find PBS as a streaming channel. Okay. Oh no, Henning. I, I do. I do anything. Com. I, I'm on Comcast. I'm Time Warner only. 
only. He's dedicated. I'm, I'm a landline guy. I'm committed. I'm, I'm a Davo Seaworth fan, man. <laughs> yeah, like I gotta support the system. He is what? a who's that scumbag that him. owns the Knicks that owns Comcast or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I forget. He's a piece of shit. Fuck. But he's Donald a Knicks Trump man Jr. for all intents and purposes. There are people out there that like even... the Knicks so much they're not going to change cable providers. Hey, hey, that is such a Comcast fucking sucks. It's, it's such fucking a, I have it too. Like, it is dog shit. But what pay for a cable ever. But what wasn't dog shit? Probably the best movie I've ever seen. So extremely joy work Ooh, recommended. That's rough. Monrovia, <laughs> Indiana. I was enthralled. I was almost brought to tears, not with the content. <laughs> Because like I told you guys, the content to me Mm -hmm. is, I'm not saying gummo-esque because it's like gross and weird like gummo. It is so underlyingly disturbing that I was just like, was smiling because I was laughing, but I was also unsettled the whole time. And it just from like start to finish, the the finish, Henning. I, I mean, it's uh, a documentary, so there's not much spoilers, but like yeah. when that dirt gets that, poured and you see the scumbums that are pouring that dirt, it is. Can't write that shit. It is. So perfect. what Any, is the if you could uh, dis, if you guys could distill it down in a couple sentences or a, like, yes, what is the yes. brief? Like, explain it for me. I there, will do that. I don't, and then yeah. go ahead. Hen. Let me have my take. Hans, so please. I don't. Course, I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm seeing the Sandler eyes over here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about exactly. It's. It's. I got nothing from the trailer. I was like, "What is the story here? What is the twist?" None. And then I watched the whole movie, and there's. It's nothing. An absence nothing. of twist. It is I want, one twist. I thought it's really a. It's a slice of life of Monrovia, Indiana, but it's more like the whole fucking cake because they leave so much in that should have been cut out. Yes. That's the life. That... So much fat. Yes. So it is it a is. slice of life, but mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I didn't learn anything about what's going on in small towns. Exactly across the country from this that's exactly <laughs> what i thought was going on out there exactly. lots of guns god pouring corn for five minutes into a yes. hopper <laughs> spray painting pigs to be slaughtered yes uh it's tw- literally the 20 minute long sermon they just let the camera roll what the fuck that guy yes <laughs> um uh, Casey had to step away, but so I, I, I want to distill it down to him. So uh, to respond what's, to you, what's your saving? What's your saving grace? The, what did you latch onto? I mean, the yeah, the city planning was a little. Uh, I'll let you talk. Go oh, ahead. No, no, no. Okay, so first of all, the way it was shot, I liked that they were taking you on this non-journey, right? Because they yeah. would show you the exactly. Um, they would show you the location what's it called location shot the exterior shot and then you would go in and when you went in it was like opening a gift you didn't know what you were going to get but you knew it was going to be nothing (laughs) and it was so voyeuristic because there was zero (laughs) i don't know how they got away with zero nods to the camera zero yeah that was Mm -hmm. unreal also um biased that is so identical to you say it didn't reveal anything about small town life, Henning. The two hours you just witnessed, you just wasted lived a lifetime of small town life. You didn't have to live it; you just lived it. It was distilled down, condensed, mm-hmm. because you walked into a baby shower, and that's how boring a baby shower is. But no conflict, polite. But yeah. there's slight. You see the cuts of people, and you can kind of read faces like. One, I'm bored, as you were bored, as you should have felt, because that's what they were going for. <laughs> yeah. Boom, you cut into the pizza place. Oh my God, what's going on in this pizza place? They're not making pizza. They're just making dough and meat, and there's no acknowledgement <laughs> of it. Nothing. Oh, wait a minute. Cut back to 
exterior shot. Oh, wait, now we're in the corn. You can watch a documentary called King Corn about the science, the genetics, the how we're all made of corn, how food is genetically modified, or you can see what corn really is fucking a lifetime because these guys spend a lifetime working a handle to pour corn out of the back of a truck for 10 hours a day and then they shake hands and that's your that's your piece of corn right that's your piece of corn uh that's you've just lived a life of 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 shucking of of pouring corn into a greenery and uh (laughs) Uh, Casey's uh-huh. back, so I will. I, I know Spend. I'm getting into it with you, but I, I'm able to distill it with him. But first, let's say hi to Harvey. What's going on, Harv? Hey, Harvey. Hi. Looking good. Looking good. So cute. In the living room, so. Ooh, did she get cut? No. All right. Good. Did she get hit? Uh, that's hey, scary. Baby. That ru- the, the 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 quickness. The quickness of their hands is like, yeah. it's gunslinger quick. I know that's dumb dad talk, but I'm not, it is unreal. I've been drinking, I've been carrying around. What a, are you talking about, the corn? I'm talking about, I'm talking about chill toddlers. Oh, you're talking about babies. I've been trying to drink okay. a gallon of water every day. And today, Ruby reached out of her playpen, grabbed this, and I've never seen her. She's like a velociraptor. She twisted the top off of the water and was about to just pour a gallon of water into her playpen, but I've never, and I didn't see her twist the top. It was just like, she did it. And all of a sudden I saw she had the top. I didn't want her to choke. And then Meg was just like, yeah, yeah. She twists tops off things, I guess. I don't know. Like, she's just, it's no, crazy. It's like she, Harvey does the rope-a-dope. Like she will trick you. Like she will bring you something. And you're like, Oh, this is nice. And then as you're like, I don't know why you brought this thing to me. She's like, takes your LaCroix off the table or your coffee. Like, she likes coffee mugs now. Oh, so sure. Handle. Yep, yep. Gun handle, Henny. Spoiler. <laughs> um, so, uh, Casey, I, I was going into a little bit. Henning was critiquing, but I'm gonna, uh, I will get into breaking down for Casey. He's gonna get Harvey settled. And, uh, 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 but Henning, you and I were on the corn, right? Alright, so let's so the way the documentary yeah, works, we made it to corn. Then we get off the corn. Where where do you want to go next? Church, okay. And then you go into the church, and it's a wedding, and it's between the two plainest people ever, and the mm-hmm. and the and and I mean I I don't mean uh, it uh, pejoratively or derogatorily, but it's just the truth. Ill-fitting suit for the young man. They're getting married very young, and it's a very religious ceremony. And instead of a normal table, it's Midwest, so they have a card table, and everything's been bought out of, um, you know, catechism catalogs. It's been bought out of like literally a J.C. Penney's catalog for religion, because you can tell because it's all prefabricated, and they put a cross together, and there's they just... assemble a unity cross. Right. Where have you ever seen a unity cross assembled, Henny? No, I guess not. That was new. Fine. But it wasn't. But it was a non-new thing. Like you never needed to see that, and that's why it's so perfect. Because you watch <laughs> it, and they actually are. You are seeing. You just put on a new pair of glasses. You are experiencing something for the first time in your life with this snippet of small town, and it doesn't matter because it's a non-thing. That's what they're showing you. Like all these things are non-things, and there's no like we're not going to give you any humor. You can find humor in it if you want. Yeah, the guy at the city planning meeting's a dick. But he's not so much of a dick that you're like, oh, he's our villain. And he's not not enough of a dick. So you're like, oh, he's our hero. Like everybody's just real, but in a and not in a cool way. Not when you watch a movie, go like, man, those characters were real. They're real in a way that's like, oh, my God, we're all real. We're going to die. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, comes out. I mean, that's go ahead. That's true. It's exactly right. It's so real that that it yeah it's just raw and the mundanity is so in your face exactly that that's all true i just don't know why that story needs to be told usually when we're talking about a documentary it's some aspect that needs to be brought to attention that is gone 
underserved or undernoticed, a story that hasn't been told yet. I think that has some something interesting about it that people don't know. This, I yeah, that's how I pictured life in a small town going, exactly like that. I mean, we are as coastal elites. We already know in our bones. We already believe that life is that boring out there. So this documentary isn't telling me anything. If anything, it's reinforcing a stereotype. I don't know is, if it's yeah. right. I don't know if, if that's fair reinforcing because I don't think they're – that's the beauty is I don't think they're making a point other than – I know. I was desperately looking for a point the whole time. <laughs> some some amount of commentary, some – there's there's no statement made in this whole <laughs> yes it is <laughs> doc if milk could be any less creamy it would be monrovia indiana and that's what is the like s- the skimmest of docs yes it is not there's is. it is not one percent it is not two percent it is not even non-fat it is ice milk but the thing about it is it's a reminder <laughs> it's corn milk that not like as you you hit it on the head. You as could milkify elites, the dust off the corn kernels. That's what this is. <laughs> yes, but as coastal Corn's elites, gum. you hit it on the head with, um, we're always looking for a narrative. We're always looking for a story. And why is that? Because we mm, think mm-hmm. we're these intellectuals, and we need to categorize everything and make a narrative form. Yeah. Because a narrative is art, right? But this shows you that not the whole world thinks like that. And yet these people keep going and going and they're not bitching and they're smiling, but not always. It, it's it's neither I'm, I'm mad that I'm well, in a don't... small town nor I'm proud of a small town. It's nothing. It's like it's it's and, I, and, I'm and not, it's a reminder. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at these people of the town for not telling not entertaining me, not telling me a story. I'm mad at the person Frederick Wilson, (laughs) the person who made this doc and showed me nothing for my two hours. These these people that we're seeing, you don't know they don't believe in stories and stuff. They could they their lives could be built around. They are they they are built around largely biblical stories. I guess they God is a huge part of this town. Uh, you know they're no they're no different than coastal elites in that aspect of life we all want story yeah. we all search for meaning they didn't have you it's at just... pledge of allegiance before the city planning meeting and and the small prayer the pledge of allegiance then into the small prayer small prayer uh, yeah i just i like because <laughs> there was no winks there was no winks to do you see how um blue collar they are do you see how religious they are do you see how perhaps blindly patriotic they are do you see how they're into guns it was just like guess what people Mm -hmm. have these dynamics and they're non-things get used to it not everybody not everything is complex as you smarty know-it-alls think it is (laughs) right oh they love their guns and and because they they love trump and it's because they love god it's like no they're just going with the flow man just living they, life, yeah. Yeah, no they're doing doing their corn thing, doing their pig thing, having a a meat roll from Top Dog Pizza, getting <laughs> dog tags tattooed at the crumbummiest, and it's all that's what the gummo is also because there is an underlying sense of but the, this town what, could fall apart me, at any mm-hmm. minute too, and we could tune mm-hmm. into Monrovia after another year of Trump and. There's cockroaches on the wall, and kids are killing cats, and there's glass and tuna fish, and there's that um, <laughs> the uh, um, differently abled prostitute, and like it's 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 all on a on a razor the, razor thin. The edge. hurricane could the tornado could hit at any moment. Yes, and it really could. I was it, enthralled with it. There, I should have prefaced it with, "I love this because it might be." the most real boring thing I've ever experienced. I couldn't t- I couldn't turn away. <laughs> I was sitting there knowing I should turn away because nothing is happening, but I couldn't turn uh-huh. away and I got excited, Henning. Every time they left a scene and went back out into the streets 
and then showed another exterior shot. I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, we're going into a different church. What's going on in this church? Oh, <laughs> a potluck. And no, not just... Uh, what's just in, what's in this shabby rundown building? Well, but not super rundown, yeah, but, so you're like, oh, this town's falling apart, but not super nice. Like, oh, you know, they got their shit together. As, like I was telling Henning Casey, this town, we were we were describing it as what form of milk it would be. And if you can imagine, if you could <laughs> chemically de- extract all creaminess from milk, all rich, all taste, all flavor, it's water milk. It's white water. In, which is a, is a good <laughs> yeah. way of looking at this town. It's it's, it's the scum. <laughs> it's the scum they wash off the pigs, and it gathers. <laughs> no, but that makes it sound sexy and dirty. It's whatever ca- came in no, those that's, little. That's too dirty. Yeah, it's too interesting. You're right. So, so Casey, now that too you're s- you're set up, I will. Henny and I have been going into it. You'll have to go back and listen to it. But let me break it down. Yeah. Which I guess for the audience is, I was waiting for Casey, what we were going mm-hmm. into without for the audience. But yeah. so there's a documentary. It was made in 2017, I think, Henny? Mm-hmm. 16, 17, about this town, Monrovia, Indiana. That's the name of the documentary if you want to look it up. And to Indiana's distill it down, a weird down, place. It is two hours of no nod, no acknowledgement from the subjects in the documentary of yeah. life in Monrovia, Indiana, which is a small town which has. Z- quote unquote zero things going on but people still are in motion with those things going on if that makes sense like kenny and i keep going back to this coastal elite like we think there's nothing going on but there's a lot of moments where the people there are like there's nothing going on mm-hmm. like you see it in their faces but yet they're nothing the cognitive machine yeah. so the thing gets rolling example you and the way the documentary shot is They'll have exterior shots of it's basically one downtown, like think of Watertown. For those of you think of kind of a deserted downtown that was once populated, but now a lot of shops are missing. Think of a downtown Mm -hmm. that has one pizzeria, only pizzeria in the town, has one tattoo shop because for whatever reason, even downtown areas in the Midwest that still have a tattoo shop. A few right, churches. Yeah. That's wh- and right ten churches. Downtown, ten yeah. churches. But it's not a focus on religion or a comment yeah, on religion. Except for that one no. comment, Henny, which I'll get to, which is the last funeral. But anyways, so mm-hmm. exterior shot. I was telling Henny, exterior shot of a um, town hall. You go into the town hall. They're having a baby shower. It's probably most of the women from the town. And they're having a normal baby shower. And you just sit and watch it. They show the woman. She's opening gifts. She already has three kids. And she's going through. She goes, oh, onesies. She opens another gift. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Cut to close-ups of the other people. Some are tired. Some are old women looking very interested. Um, <laughs> some are uh, other little girls, which are also interested in the things. And then you leave. Okay? And then you go into exterior shot, Top Dog Pizza. You go in. And it's two probably high school teenage girls, and they're not making mm-hmm. pizza. I was telling this standing. They're making Midwest fare, which is pizza pepperoni dough sticks. with pepperoni in the center, rolled up like a log and cooked and cut into pieces. And they just butter it. No acknowledgement, but it looks very cramped. It looks very hot. They pull the pizza out. She's got it down because she's been making pepperoni logs all day, and you leave. Cut back. You're at a farm auction. Couldn't see more people bored at a farm auction. It's just, it's the perfect slice of Midwest life, but without people being like, talking to the camera like, damn right, we love our guns here. Like you go in a gun shop. Yeah. And yeah, you see a guy. There's a one time where I think, yes, one time where I think a guy was like, I know I'm on camera. Because he purposely in one shot was just hanging out and in the next shot he had a very obvious mug with a gun handle with his coffee. And I was like, I think he wanted to show that he loves guns as much as a guy would have a mug with a gun handle. But he just they're just looking at guns and then not even guns, looking at scopes. Saying, Ooh, it's a good scope. Cut back out. And 
And I was telling Henny, you go into a very Lutheran wedding. And it's two kids who you're like, oh, yeah, in the Midwest, kids get married young. They're probably 20, maybe 19, 20. And they get married. And the boring pastor has them assemble a cross together on a card table. You see that. They invite the very Midwestern mother and father, the bride and groom up. And they get in a circle and pray together. And then a woman sings a sultry song, oddly enough, and no one acknowledges it. And everybody <laughs> listens to this kind of song. She looks like she should be sitting on top of a piano for whatever reason. No acknowledgement. It's neither uh, excessive or banal. Looks it, like Jessica yes, Rabbit. But, but I don't know. Not. Because it's still Midwestern. It, it, Henny was like, I, it, I can't believe, like, I don't want to, you know, I thought that's what small towns look like. And now I, it's a small town, but there's no story. I was telling Henning, cause that just goes on and on. Henning, you just lived a small town life in two hours. Yeah. That documentary did that for you. You can check it off the box. Mm-hmm. You can say, mm-hmm. yeah, I grew up in Portland. And now you can yeah. say, yeah, I grew up in the Midwest too. I could live, yeah. I lived in Did Indiana. it make you homesick? No. You guys who did grow up in small town? So for me, there was like so much. That's maybe why I couldn't turn away because I was like, they fucking nailed it. Because how can you not nail it? Because it's the exact same thing I would experience mm-hmm. the last, if I were there, when I was there. The last, basically the last mm-hmm. scene is at a funeral. And it's this pastor. Oh, fuck, I forgot about the Masonic Lodge, Henny. Yeah, the Masonic Lodge. That was that was maybe the most interesting to see actually see that. <laughs> okay, I will first hit the Masonic Lodge but, and then I'll go to the yeah, right. Masonic Lodge is perfect because it's these guys living out these rituals of masonry, but it's been so long. It's been 300 years since the Masons mm-hmm. actually had gusto and just and people spoke with uh, fervor and dignity. So it's these Midwestern guys wearing like Masonic hats and then and banging the tight little aprons little aprons mm-hmm. but they all had to read off of index cards because really they're, they're going all through flubbing the their lines <laughs> and they're like saying these very like strong like <laughs> you're getting the 50 year gold pin but they're literally reading off an index card this close to their eyes and i was like that's perfect that's the exact same amount of uh, attention that i remember from like midwest events you know like going to see a play, somebody right. probably well, has their script in their hand because it's a play, right? People do plays. Yeah, just, yeah. didn't rehearse it. To, like the amount of like the tension is what I think is fucking hilarious. Is that these guys have cribbed notes and they have their hats that they mail they got off online off the old Masonic website, and it was like when this act was first performed by like a 26 level mason like it meant something (laughs) there was meaning there but i love that they're just doing the like ah so uh, i guess uh, okay uh hansi's here okay here's what we're doing uh thank you for giving 25 years to the old lodge Here's your pin and uh, oogly boogly googly. I don't know. I don't know the rest. I can't read it. It doesn't make sense to me. A perfect description of that twelve-minute scene. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right, Hans. So they stay way too long. They do the whole ceremony case from the time he's called up to receive his pin to the end. Okay, thanks, George, for your fifty years of service. That filmmaker is doing that as a gift to you, Henny. Me knowing what I know about <laughs> secret societies, they couldn't put that on you a documentary. Sit. You have to be there. You are in church. You're boring in it is. church. I love That's the last scene. You're, in, You're in this funeral. And this pastor goes on what, and on. What killed me is, yeah they're, yeah, they're at a funeral for 20 minutes, given the eulogy. And then the next scene is also... <laughs> The same pastor again, outside doing this the <laughs> outside now, forever. <laughs> and I, Meg was like, "Oh my god!" Like it's. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Twenty minutes, by the way. Yes, they do the whole yes. eulogy, and just keep the camera running. I was, I was. Oh, wow, you get to like you're praying for a cutaway. 
praying for a cutaway to the board audience, but mm-hmm. he didn't give it to me. Because nope, you're in the audience, Henny. You are the board <laughs> uh, audience. You. Yeah. Sure. Yes, <laughs> welcome to VR. Plug it in, Neo. Guess what? You red-pilled it, bitch. Welcome to our fucking boring and reality, the man. Is, Pastors talk a long keep, fucking time. And there's no break. Because it was all sermon, Henning. You sat through mm-hmm. a Lutheran sermon <laughs> praying for at least a musical break or something. Give me a psalm. Tell me about a, a niece or a nephew who sits at a oh. mall wantonly. <laughs> And then they, the end, right? He finishes this, you finish your 20 minute sentence at church and then you see Uh the undertakers (laughs) bury this woman who's been honored in 20 minute sermon Lutheran church buried by the most slovenly, dirtiest, scumbummy husband and wife just putting dirt on that casket. And then that's the end of Monrovia. Maybe you see those cars go down Main Street one more time. Like the, like, oh, the, yeah. the caterpillar pours the dirt on and then like the the scum bummy just lays the 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 stacked easels where the where the flowers were they just dump it on the, the pile of dirt <laughs> <laughs> that's what awaits us all a scum bummy fucking easel and the same awaits you radio. and you elitist as old monrovian sally nothing different same scum bummy doesn't matter if you're in columbus ah. beaverton charleston or new york city you're gonna get some guy with his exposed belly shoveling that last some bit scum of bum <laughs> and your corn might be animation and my oh. corn might be writing a poem and casey's corn might be writing a comic <laughs> but if that guy who's been dumping corn into a sieve at a granary for eight hours a day his whole life had to sit and watch casey uh you know do pa- write out panels for his comic yeah, he'd be on this podcast with some other guy who handles wheat. Going, <laughs> I don't know. Why'd you make me watch it? <laughs> fucking. I wish we were talking about wheat. <laughs> Give me a little barley at least. A little buck wheat. So, wouldn't that please. be? Wouldn't that have been great, Hans? The last shot instead of the the two sh- small uh, shirt, too small guy dumping the easels. Long, slow pan out. And then he turns meaningfully to the camera. Blows his Slight nod. <laughs> no, they say the acknowledgement until says, the very end. I've been God the whole you time. You too. You too, right here. <laughs> that would have been the stupid. I would have <laughs> fucking went outside last night and screamed to the heavens. Because I would have thought that God had come down and was trying to speak to me. I If that happened, if he looked in my eyes and said, this is you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, saw God. I found God in Monrovia. Now I'm going to go walk into a lake. Well, I guess I'm going to contribute to PBS and get yeah. my fucking tote bag because they had the God documentary. Uh, right. Yeah. The, I mean, Henny, he could have spun it. This, this filmmaker could have. Their city play case. I mean, all right. Real quick. Recom- on your scale of 1 to 10, Lindsay Megan's recommendations, I give this a 12. Henning, what do you give it for our listeners to go out there and, and observe this thing? Mm. Three corn husks and a pig butt. Oh, he oh, husked you. Does the pig butt count as two? So then that's seven, five, seven? The pig butt counts as negative, negative I'm from one. Monrovia. I can't do math. That's, it was... Henning says Henning nay. Henning says nay. It made Hansi wistful, made Henning there are two, blissful. Two great, two great American masters. Walt Whitman and the dude who made Monrovia, Indiana. What'd you say his name was? Will? <laughs> Frederick Wilson. Fred Wilson. I'm just telling you. Uh, who did Emer- em- was it and Emerson? He's he from like, China. There, there's never the- been a great American poet. There will never be a great American master. And then Whitman came along, and then Whitman was like, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm crossing Brooklyn no Ferry. I'm looking for me. Monrovia. Hold my beer, motherfuckers. Well, Whitman. Walt Whitman would have. <laughs> writing an erotic poem about. Walt Whitman was ordering a pizza. Oh my god, the the poetry. <laughs> 
He would only go cross. The poetry Whitman would have written if he was born and raised in Monrovia would have been drier than toast that hadn't that was in the sun for a week. (laughs) (laughs) Old Sun Toast, Monrovia Sun Toast. Specialty. That's the name of their softball team, the Monrovian Mm. Sun Toast. It tastes like air and, and dirt. And right mm. from there, sun toast. You, uh, if you guys, if we can each get a thousand dollars together and get up one month of commercial rent for a San Franciscan corner spot, and offer Monrovian sun toast, in which we just have a sun sunroof oh, that we baby. put toast that we put bread out to get heated over, <laughs> like to get dry overnight. Twelve dollars a slice of life, Monrovian life. Midwest life, you elites <laughs> experience. Life, not ready till you drop it and it breaks. No, that's too extreme. I pitched a guy in Lebanese finger bread. What is that? At a housewarming party. It was just like Ashley and I fucked it. Like I was, uh, we had attempted to make a very Midwestern. I was like, oh, if you get like the Pillsbury biscuit, you can put the bottom down. And then put like uh, ranch and then, you know, like carrots and broccoli. And I was like, oh, yeah, you bake it up and you cut it. And it's just like a little like treat. But it yeah. just baked up into this like giant mountain uh-huh. of dough. Was... Uh, so like I just had this giant mountain of dough for this like housewarming <laughs> party we had. And this uh, <laughs> guy was just like, this shit's delicious. What is this? What is this? And I was like. Slumbanese finger bread. And he's like, haven't had anything better like in my life. And it, it was, was just fucking bread. It was free bread. <laughs> Nothing tastes better than free bread. It was, yes. So, wait, you cooked the ranch dressing? It was sun toast. No, it was supposed to be like a you cook the crust and then put like a little bit of ranch and then you put vegetables on top. It's supposed oh, okay. to be like a vegetable pizza. Well... So you got the bread bottom, and then the sauce is the ranchy sort of cream cheese base, and then it's you know you know it's my Hidden Valley sweet. Just ended up being a a mountain of bread. Yeah, no, exactly. It's the most it's the most Monrovian thing you've ever had. Pepperoni pizza roll logs. Um, ah oh, man, I I, I thought you had pizza. Logs. Sorry, Henning, I didn't mean to to you're you're a better man for it. You you've 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 as Whitman said. I, there is no what did he say he said i know no sweeter fat than that which is on my bones and i am your bones too henning we are now Hmm. connected as one we are both sweet leg fat of monrovia we just because of all that shared shared our fats shared experience okay (laughs) it's oh my god Henning. if i was if i was in art school still i bet i would have found meaning somewhere and would have lo- I would have been into it. You're I would have cynic. been into the cinematography or something. Cinematography just, was boring. I guess I'm past the stage of life where two two hours is so <laughs> It's American it's, Gothic. That's a lot of hours. It's a lot, it's of, a lot of time to give up. It's two hours of American Gothic. Casey, if you don't want to watch Monrovia, just go look at a shitty painting for two hours. You can't look away. <laughs> right. <laughs> 120 minutes. Real quick. See, it sounds it that's the perfect review, Hans. It sounds bad and yet your your face is smiling and your words are sounding sweet. Before now. <laughs> uh, are you calling him the ultimate Monrovian? Is that what's what's happening uh, right now? Yeah, the Monrovian experience. Uh, what would it be akin to a Monrovian experience that wouldn't be just going to some other banal town? If you, uh, uh, the Monrovian experience is about seventy-one degrees outside. Um, mm-hmm. the blandest temperature. Sure, you probably got a belly full of sun toast. <laughs> sun toast. The tea. Isn't unsweetened, nor is it sweet tea, but it's Lipton. But yeah. it might be hot on a <laughs> somewhat hot day. Yeah, and your neighbor 
might have a job. <laughs> That's the best caveat. Your neighbor maybe in blue? Uh, I don't. Do I, you know? I'm gonna. I don't I'm know lose this. Well, and Henning, so I, I know, know this isn't a representative of you, but this. I just you experienced small town life. I'm gonna lose it because it's a mm-hmm. really small snippet. I experienced mm-hmm. what could only possibly be the greatest outlier of Portlandian life. She came into work, mm-hmm. and she was from Portland. Older woman, I'm going to say, well, not older, but she was in her 50s, right? And she, I was like, oh, you're from Oregon. Cool. I was like, uh, my wife and I, we're going out to Oregon for my friend's wedding. We've never been out there. We're so excited. She's like, you are going to love it. I was like, yeah, we're, oh my gosh, she lives in Beaverton. I was like, yeah, my friend's getting married in Beaverton. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I'm from Beaverton. I was like, yeah, we're going to be there. But uh, my wife and I are staying in Portland in this place, Alberta. She's like, you're going to love it. Alberta, it's funky. It's cool. Please, please, mm-hmm. please do me a favor. Ignore the homeless. And I was like, what? She's like, just do me a favor. We have so many homeless. Just ignore them and have a good time. It's like, ignore them. I was like, well, I've, I've been around homeless people before. Like, and she's just like, like they're animals. Don't feed them and they might go away. She, yeah, basically she was like, yeah. she literally exactly. said, you know, overlook them. And, and your experience is going to be amazing. And I was like, that is not the fucking one. That shouldn't be the human <laughs> not, spirit. No. But I feel like she is yeah. the like the one woman in Portland where it was like, you're, you're a fucking, go smoke a doob, you fucking downer. Like, why are you such a nasty wench? Go to Monrovia. Get him. Ignore. I love that was her thing. Was oh, just but do me a favor. And this wasn't even Portland proper. Like do me a favor and ignore the homeless in my what, uh, area. Like everywhere. That's else, an like, anomaly, right, Henning? Or is there like a big like? Are there city planning meetings where they're like homeless is getting it's getting crazy here. We need to just ignore them or rid Damn. rid ourselves of them, <laughs> which is crazy in, in itself. Or serial uh, killing. We need new Bundy. We need nice man. I would say. I would say we're gonna need city ordinance. I would say there's Bundys. more homeless around in Portland than in a lot of other big cities I've been to. New York. More homeless uh, in Portland than New York. Yeah, because it's the place to be homeless, right, brah? I guess so. I I would hope it's because we <laughs> treat them nice. You just ignore them. Yeah, They're like, they can't see us. <laughs> this is so weird. Am I yeah, exactly, dead? Yeah. It's a good, good climate. Am I a ghost? I think <laughs> I'm a ghost. Yeah, climate's got to be one. But yeah, they are probably ghosts. They're old pilots. <laughs> Portland has no homeless problem. It's very, very haunted. Ignore the ghosts, please. Hey, uh, I, this lady told me to ignore the ghosts. We could use a Do couple you know Ghostbusters if you know what I'm saying. Oh, that's just what we call our homeless here. Oh, you're all monsters. Okay. People, where are the vegan food trucks, brah? <laughs> and and they they there's Ted Bundy serial killer brigades. Or Ooh, that's Busters. weird. I like that. That's a movie. Uh, that's 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 a Monrovian movie well, that's, about that's roving a... gangs of homeless killers. <laughs> I guess that's anti-Monrovian. That has a little narrative to it. No, no, Henning, we're Ghostbusters. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't have a homeless problem in Portland. I'm the Bill Murray of murdering homeless people. Everybody thinks I'm cool. I just show up and murder like a homeless guy. Is Bill Murray number one guy on shirts in our era? Seems just a lot of... Um, probably. Has he surpassed Chick? You know Guevara? what? At I'm least sure. now I see more Murrays than Guevara's. Pin it. We need or note it. We need a Bill Murray as Che Guevara shirt. <laughs> the, the oh my god, that's fucking brilliant. That's amazing. Does that not? Yes. So Kenny and I were talking about Al Bundy right. on the Iron Throne, and I was like, oh, I want to Photoshop that. Which was a I got to Photoshop picture. that, but I and then I clicked Hans it and immediately a found that picture. Had done it right because Al Bundy talks about. <laughs> sitting on the toilet a lot but i don't know i'm nervous it's such a good idea bill yeah. murray is che guevara i i i, I fear 
I would assume yeah. it exists on a shirt website, but it's too good not to do. We could do right, our sure, version. Sure. Cause there's that one picture of Bill Murray with the beard that has been from Zisu like, or something. Transposed on onto Ooh, from a Zisu, lot. he's like, also he's got, got the hat. Close cropped beard and like the three quarters. But like to do like a straight up Che Guevara face. I agree. I think we're on to something. Everybody's uh I was you guys want to make like thirty bucks yeah. off of T Public? Uh, is that is that like uh that's where you go get T shirts made and they'll they'll hold and and sell them for you or whatever make them as they come yeah yeah there's T Public Society Six there's a bunch of them but that's like yes honey yep one sec well instead of instead of revolution what is it Cinderella story. Of Bill, is that what it says on Bill Murray's Revolution motto? Just says comedy, (laughs) weird comedy, (laughs) golf and comedy. I don't know. There's a there's a fast. I get it. I love Bill Murray. He, but um, why do you think is he the icon of our generation? Why do you think he is so iconic? A la Wes Anderson, a la Coastal Elite. That's yeah, it, right? I think it's got to be Wes Anderson picking him back up again. Right. Dusting him off. Making him such a, a indie hero. Yeah, it's, but he's not. That's that's the Monrovia of it all. He's not indie. And he's, he's more industry than anybody's ever been. He owns a chain of golf restaurants. Yet, he's our indie icon. <laughs> yeah, but he goes around to bars in Williamsburg and shows up. Just slings a few beers. Pours a few brews. Everybody does that. For whatever reason, Bill Murray lives <laughs> life and sometimes is a dick, so that's cool. I mean, I, you know what's interesting? Every celebrity does that from time to time. I think we literally... I guess now ju- because Bill Murray did it first. I think we literally just went full circle to maybe the first episode where we listed Bill Murray. and Because I really... <laughs> now that it's all coming back to me, I was like... And we were like, wait, why do we, we like Bill Murray? Why do we list him? So I forget why we listed him, but I got a feeling he was on a list. Maybe it was for this very reason. Have we not progressed at all? Is this a documentary, Will Franklin? Is it four years of non-narrative? <laughs> um, definitely, I think nothing has happened this entire podcast. I agree. Um. Somebody say something, because this is a long episode. Somebody say something as though it's natural for me to cut in between them and make it a two-parter. And then somebody laugh hard. (laughs) 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 You gotta end with a hard laugh. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. 92nd Street Y Online Media is made possible by the generous support of the Sidney E. Frank Foundation and by listeners like you. This program features James Earl Jones reading the work of Walt Whitman and was recorded October 21st, 1973, before a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. I celebrate myself and sing myself. And what I assume, you shall assume. For every atom belonging to me is good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease, observing the spear of summer grass. Houses and rooms full of perfume no song of monrovia by whit waltman read by me early jones jameson i celebrate monrovia and what i assume you shall assume for every pepperoni log belonging to raw dogs belongs to the masons too i loaf and invite the priest 
I lean and loaf at my ease, observing Monrovian sun toast. My corn, every atom of my corn, formed from this soil, this putrid hoggish air, born here of city, melting city meetings, born here from city planning meetings the same. I, now thirty-six years old, in questionable health, begin, hoping to cease not until the semen... Ah. Hoping to cease not until the scum in the belly shirts shovel death, baby showers and auctions in abeyance, retiring back a while, suffice in their onesies and lemon bars. I harbor for good or bad, or the unbelievable in-between of Monrovia, nature without narrative, with banal non-energy.